welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else, and you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Let's go! Oh, yeah! Wednesday night, baby! November 18th, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert! From New York. And everybody, please say hello and welcome to just a, a world-class kind of guy. My friend and yours from the great state of Maryland, Mr. Robert Cuny. Sports Hunters time, baby. Greetings and salutations, everybody out there in Radio Land. And happy, this will be a pick-me-up. Good way to start the show today. Happy 42nd anniversary, friends, of the Jonestown Massacre. Now, if that doesn't it's put a spring in your step... If that doesn't put a spring in your step on a good-looking Wednesday night, I, I got nothing. I can't help you. I got nothing for you. I don't, I don't, what do you How are you this day? evening, that, Mr. That's, that's the first thing you got to lead in with. Well, it can only get funnier from there, right? <laughs> <laughs> nothing says comedy like, you know, a nice group massacre. But, hey, again, we can only go up when we let's start try. with Jonestown. Let's try, and go, let's try and go up from here, Rob. How All are right. you, sir? How, how is your Wednesday uh, going today? Uh, good, good. It's, uh, you know, another day of staring blankly at a computer screen at a bunch of boxes with people's names in it that we call school these days, but you know, things are going well. Can't complain. Can still teach school with the pajama pants and the rest of the outfit, of course, lest I get complaints from my employer. So, you know, how was your Wednesday? God, this is so cordial. Wednesday's going good, man. Uh, you know, keeping busy. And uh, working on things, have to, you know, continue to uh, reinvent ourselves, especially myself here with the, uh, the music business completely shut down, as I continue to talk about here on this show. Yeah. So uh, I got I to gotta keep talking and, and keep creating. And um, so that's what I've been doing. I'm, I'm, I'm in the evil lab every day here at the home studio trying to conjure up different ways to get people sick of hearing my voice. And right, uh, well. in a speaking way and, and not a singing <laughs> way. I've already, I've upset them for the last 30-odd years of, of singing here locally on Long Island in the tri-state area. So now I'm doing this thing again, uh, which I used to do many years ago. But I'm, I'm having fun. Um, but everybody's healthy here. The kids, wife, uh, everybody's good. Good. Well, let me let me give you something that's a bit of a pick-me-up, if you don't mind. And I know you don't. Not another massacre, though, right? No, no. Again, we can only go up. From the Jonestown Massacre. It can be hard to go any further down. So, you know, last week we had the story of the year, at least in my humble opinion. So this week I have – it's not quite the story of the year, but it's the headline of the year. And the genesis of this has to be traced back to my sainted mother. We're sitting on the couch watching the woofed skins lose a heartbreaker to the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions have a player whose name I'll get to in a moment is, shall we say, somewhat phallic. And we're watching the game, and as soon as we see his nameplate on the television, 
My mom says instantly, oh, you got to put that on the show. My mom, big fan, uh, big contributor, spiritual guidance. But she said, you got you to gotta work this guy into the show. And I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I, I, we should. But how? How am I going to work this guy into the show? His name is, and I'll spell it for you, P-E-N-I-S-I-N-I. John, if the way that I, my five-year-old brain sound says it, John Penasini. But, of course, it's Penasini. And if your last name has the word penis in it, you have to be a football player. And he's a big, tough defensive tackle for the Detroit Lions. So I worked it in. <laughs> pardon the pun. Uh, but I was trying to figure out exactly how to drop this name into America's favorite new podcast. And then with a little bit of research. Here it is, folks. In my hot little hands here. The headline of the year from uh let's see it's called pride of detroit it's one of the sb nation publications on the detroit lions ready lions week eight snap count penasini sees stiff rise in playing time versus colts that's right stiff rise in playing time versus colts to which i say So there you go. Thank you very much. We'll be here all week. Thanks to the Simpsons for the anyone for penis drop. The anyone for penis scene? So see, now that's much funnier. You know, we're laughing about it here. <laughs> the Jones Can you imagine them in the editorial room when they were coming up with that headline? Stiff must have been all over the floor. Going, Are you going to do this? You're going to do this. You're going to post it. You're going to you're going to do it. You're going to write it. You're going to type it. You're going to do it. And because they did somebody. It. Somebody said, oh, come on, nobody reads this stuff. Nobody reads the headlines anymore. I, nobody, it's like saying nobody goes on the Internet anymore. I mean, I, to say they didn't know what they were doing would just be a farce. I, I, I was actually researching to see if this guy has any great stories about his name having the word penis in it. And boom, there it was. Control of the Hodges. The headline. Um, Welcome to the penis conscious. If it's not Tubin, if it's not Tyson, and now it's this guy. I mean, every week you're leading Ah. the show with, you know, the male member as the top story. (laughs) And I'm 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 getting a little concerned. I'm sorry. The world is very phallic. Look, it's one of either the sports world is tied up in COVID or the sports world is tied up in the phallus. So, ladies and gentlemen, you decide. It's like the old IBM, you make the call commercials. You make the call. COVID or penis talk. Again, you decide. And as always, anyone for penis? So there you go. Thank you. Anybody still out there listening? Yeah, oh, by the way, hi, Mom. Sorry for that last five minutes of radio. Yes, I'm actually in the midst of typing an apology letter <laughs> to... To everyone, to our millions of listeners, on the we'll put it on Twitter. By the way, uh, at Sports Honchos on Twitter. Can can we move on? Please, please let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about. Good actually, night, everybody. The, the biggest story uh, on Twitter land uh, actually is the uh, the the Twitter recent Twitter update. 
you know, myself, I am, that's my primary go-to social media spot is the Mm. Twitter. The Twitter Um, machine. And um, that's where I I, I network and get my news. Well, I wouldn't say get my news, but it's it's my little place to go, you know. It's got the mute button. It's got the block button. Right. You know, you can filter out, you know, different things and subjects and everything else, so I like it. So um, they just basically um, turned it into Instagram, which is basically... You know, a place where I rarely go, but I, you know, have to use it. If you're, if you're doing, you know, any type of uh, production and media, you have a show or any, any type of entertainment, you know, you got you to gotta use these platforms to at least try and get some, some people to kind of tune into what you're doing. Um, right. I'm not making uh, videos or anything like that. It's just not my thing. I'm, I'm going to be 51 here next week, and I don't think grown men should be, you know, dancing to songs in a box I, I i'm with you so anyway me um, nodding. so twitter has uh changed everything uh not changed everything but they well they did change the retweet button which is which is annoying and uh you know again these are white male suburban problems ladies and gentlemen um and uh it looks like instagram they have this thing called fleets which is basically stories on facebook and instagram anyway so um you know it's a disaster well you know i just i hate it you know, t- people on Twitter only want one thing. We've only wanted one thing since its inception. And that is? And that's the ability to edit a text or a tweet, I should say. Yeah. So I don't understand all this stuff. I get it. There, It's it's TikTok, it's Instagram, and that's why Twitter has added this feature because they want a piece. They want to give their Twitter follow their Twitter people the option to dance, I guess, in front of music videos. I, this is what it all is right now. <laughs> Or just to post and everything else. So post a picture that will last twenty four hours. I mean, uh, my fear is, as much as I hate it, I still I sneak a peek, like I'm passing a car accident on the freeway. But my fear is that if I do one, like say I post something as a promo for America's favorite new podcast, the Sports Honchos, that's a rabbit hole that I will forever be down. There'll just be too many of these. Yes, sir. Well. You're talking doing video ones? Well, the stories, yes, of me, you know, saying, hey, tonight on the Sports Honchos, Jim Jones, Guyana Town Massacre talk. You'll love it. Or something else like that. Well, yeah, I mean, I understand that. Maybe not so much necessary. I mean, we have the we have the graphic artwork and the and the promo. Which is fantastic. That, yes, that we can use, and, and we do that stuff. Um, you know, uh, once we get there, Rob, you know, right. you need, if people long for that, you know, once once you see that – that tweet or that DM come over for me and you that says, guys, please do a, a video. Yeah. You know, no, um, watch out America. You know, we're just, we're just trying to get them to listen, let alone right. look at us. <laughs> I think know? actually, now that I think about it, perhaps putting these mugs on Twitter on a quick video on the fleets, uh, function may not be the greatest idea to build an audience, but Look, Twitter well, is enough. Well, the mean, time sucks. We're two good-looking guys, man. It, okay, it I was not, trying to be—I was trying to be humble. Shh, I was trying to be humble. Look, Twitter is enough. It's, the it's time suck as it is. <laughs> <laughs> without without these little video clips and the TikTokery and the fake Instagram and fake Snapchat stories, it's just as I said, it's enough of a time suck. Um, it's but it's an incredible world. Instagram is yeah. and uh, TikTok are just incredible worlds. If you want to dive into it, um, right. you know, Facebook too. I mean, like I said, I stay on the Twitter. Uh, it's pretty much it's where I started and I'm where I'm at. And 
I'm, I'm, you know, I guess I'm lucky. I have a, a few decent followers and stuff, and I have good exchanges with people and networking and all that other stuff. But uh, and you I, I, always I, manage to tweet me something that you know is just gonna uh, dig the knife in a little bit, which well, is great. When, when you signed on to do this show with me. As other friends and colleagues in the industry, anybody who's worked with me and um, my, you know, my, my guitarist and my musician friends would say the same thing. Oh, you don't know what you signed up for, my friend. Oh, no. I'm, I have I to have fun. We do. We carry on the show during the week. See, here's something for all of you listeners out there. We carry on the showgram during the week. We just do it via Twitter as opposed to sitting here entertaining you for an hour and change. So, so we, we still haven't get- talked about anything important yet. No, but we are going to talk about something, speaking of Twitter, that I found on Twitter yesterday, as wow. days the 18th. Unfortunately, you can't see this, folks. And I can see it, but, man, it looks huge. What are you holding, man? What is There's this? a map that I oh, printed. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Go ahead. Talk about it. All right, that. so Barstool Sports yesterday in honor of National Fast Food Day put out a map called America's Favorite Food Chains. And I presume because it was Fast Food Day that it was – uh, supposed to say America's favorite fast food chains. And they have you know a, a map of every state and what they say is their favorite fast food chain. There's a lot to quibble with here. Let me just say at the outset, for Maryland, they have Carl's Jr. There are precisely, hold on, let me check my notes, zero Carl's Jr.'s in the state of Maryland. In fact, I think there's zero Carl's Jr.'s. It's a lot of, a lot of S's. They're going to West have to have of, a meeting east, with their research person over there. East of the Mississippi. Now, Carl's Jr. and Hardee's, to be fair to Barstool Sports, same company. And there is, I think, one Hardee's here in Anne Arundel – not here, but in Anne Arundel County, Maryland. But still, if you have one restaurant, that can hardly be your, quote, Excuse favorite. Excuse me, one second there, Rob. I hit, sorry. Yes. What's the name of the county? Anne Arundel. And she was not my prom date. That is a, that is a county here in Maryland. So Anne Arundel is a person. Yes. That's not just most a native of the, word. No, most of the counties in Maryland um, are she named after. Massacre? Is that where they named her? No, Maybe she's a little bit before 1978. <laughs> just a couple, just a couple of years before 1978. Do you have a backstory of Anne Arundel? I do not. I should, oh, as a proud Marylander. See, I, I, if I had known, if listen, gone. I'll tell you what, friends, we're going to take a break, and in the third hour of the show. Maryland County name history. Stay tuned. Paul will be asleep, but I'll be talking for hours about it. Don't worry. So the, the quibble that I have with this map and the restaurants on here is the definition of fast food, which some of the restaurants on here. And you can if you if you're near your phone, or your computer and you go on Twitter and go on to Barstool Sports feed, you can find this map. I should have retweeted it. Um Chuck E. Cheese is apparently a couple of the states. Uh, Dave and Buster's in Florida. Outback Steakhouse in Washington, D.C. And I believe this is Delaware, maybe. My geography, nice job, history teacher, is a little rusty. Is Olive Garden. Indiana is Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, now – Forget where they're located. None of those restaurants. I vacation in Delaware every summer, and I've never seen one. Never seen none, of, 
none of these restaurants would be what I consider. Now, hold on a second. I got to be honest with you. Not that I would drive all the way down to Delaware to, to hang out on the beach down there in our beach yeah. house to search right. for an olive garden. Oh, why? Why I wouldn't you? Why? Because there are no beaches or restaurants on the island where you are, so you come down to Delaware for the Olive Garden, for that authentic <laughs> Italian, as my grandmother used to say, for that authentic Italian food. <laughs> Dave and Buster's, Carlos E. Queso, Olive Garden, Outback—they're not fast food. Look, if if you come into a restaurant. And a person hands you a menu and you sit down at a table and there's a wait staff that you tip. It's not fast food. And if you've ever been to the Outback Coronary House, it really isn't fast. I mean, there's nothing fast about it. And that's fine. You don't go to a restaurant because you're in a hurry. So how these can be called fast food restaurants. I mean, they have Dunkin' Donuts on here. They have Einstein's Bagels, apparently in Montana. I know he made bagels. Apparently, neither did I. Who knew? When he wasn't when he's when he wasn't working on the theory of relativity, he knocked out a bagel or two. Honey, try this. Uh, oh, by the way, in California, I put a hole in it. Hey now. Oh, and now we're back to penis talk. Hey, no, uh, no, no. So California apparently is Denny's. Get out of here, Denny's in California. That's their favorite. I mean, I'm guessing this list was made just so. People would talk about it and say what dope Barstool Sports is, are. You know know what the great thing is? Grammarians, help me out there. You know what the great thing about this, Rob, is? What? Please tell me. You have uh, Barstool Sports, sports publication, Mm -hmm. putting something out that has nothing to do with sports. Right. And just two guys on the sports honchos talking about this. Right. 15 minutes in. Yeah. Zippy Sports. Hey, I'm not, well, we, we, we apologize. We are just fooling you people. Hey, hey, John Penasini is a professional like football player. Ones. Yeah, he's a football player. That was kind of sporty. Trust me, folks. Those of you who are liars, smashing their fists against the table or, or their dashboard uh, when they listen to this later on, maybe in the car, we're going to get to the sports. But hey. The moral of this story here with this barstool thing is, is that you don't yeah. feel – these particular establishments that have been named by Barstool as fast food restaurants mm-hmm. are not fast food restaurants. These are, in fact, restaurants. And I just don't believe that this is the most popular. Also, one more Hawaii. Ooh. Burger King. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Get out of here. They got the Maui burger there. It's just, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. You never had the Maui burger in Hawaii? And by the way, it is a sports show, but really, folks... It's it's a Paul and Rob show. Let's be honest. Well, so. you know, nice job there. I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, I guess like I said, I, why? You know, I guess what I'm trying to, what I'm not, what's not happening here is, you know, a lot of these sports shows today, right? And mm-hmm. or not, there's a there's a, a, a large percentage of it, I guess, these days. We're just not talking about sports anymore. Is that a reflection on sports, Rob? No, I, I think it's just a reflection on how much – well, it's a couple things. People who like sports, it's becoming much more of a, a varied populace. You know, people that – it used to be people like sports and they had a lot of tunnel vision about sports and didn't let anything else into their worldview. So now I think people who are sports fans 
as, as we pat ourselves on the back for a moment, are more well-rounded, have more varied interests. And also I think sports is becoming so intertwined with things in popular culture. I mean, again, we're reading a, a Barstool Sports map from Twitter, which is knee-deep in popular culture. So I think it's, it's hard to, to separate the two. And plus, in personality-driven pursuits like podcasts, for instance – you can't really limit yourself to just one avenue. You know, it, people tune in, yes, to hear the sports yak, but they also tune in because they're somehow drawn to the personalities of the people and, and not just the show, whatever podcast you listen to out there. Hopefully it's second in line after this one, but you're drawn to, to the people there. There's something about them that you find uh, entertaining, attractive, enticing, interesting, whatever the case may be. Completely opposite of what you're doing right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> With regards to being entertaining. Hey, now. <laughs> Again, I don't care if you're entertained. <laughs> I only care if I'm entertained, and I'm having a great time. Woo! So... I love it. Well, let's get serious here. Oh, sports. <laughs> Talk about the Masters. Ah, uh, the Masters. So, uh, Dustin Johnson is your 2020 Masters winner. It's so weird to talk about the Masters in November. Yes. Um, and what's even more odd is the Masters is the next major. So, in five months, which is uh, nothing, the Masters will be played again. So Dustin Johnson will be defending his title five months from now instead of a year. But there's three, three names, three stories from the Masters. Obviously, Dustin Johnson, the winner, Tiger Woods, and the PGA's Happy Gilmore, Bryson DeChambeau. Not so, Paulina Gretzky? She's not well, in there? She's How, part of the I'm, Dustin I'm, Johnson you know, experience. important people, and I'm like, oh, Paulina's in there, definitely. No, I'm well, she's she's part of the Dustin Johnson experience. By the way, you know their kids are named after Wayne and Janet. Like one of them is has Gretzky as a middle name. The other one has Jones as a middle name. What? I didn't know that. What? By the way, I forgot all about Janet Jones. It's like great. She was an actress, marries Wayne Gretzky, and falls off the face of the earth. So uh, it's the first time I'd heard that name hey, in she years. Focused in on her children and became that's great. A very good mother. While Wayne was out. Making a hell of a lot of money skating around ice. Doing what he was doing. Anyway, it, it's a great – look, it's a great redemption story for one Dustin Johnson who, his personal demons aside, when it, when you before yesterday – yesterday, before can Sunday – Can you fill us in for those who don't know about his, his uh, demons, maybe one or two of them? Uh, just that I believe he was – I don't want to say anything that may not be true – but there's stories in his past of, of drug addiction. Okay. So um, I, that's why I kind of glossed over because I really don't want to go down a road that might lead me to say something that's not quite true. That's fine. You gave me enough to go Google search. That's fine. Right. Nice. There you go. Um, but, but one thing I do know is true is before Sunday, people associated a different sort of master's story with Dustin Johnson. And that was in 2017 when in his socks – in the middle of the night, the night before the tournament was to start, he fell down the stairs at the home he was renting while he was in Augusta, Georgia. And that was the end of his chance of winning that tournament. And that time he was 
supposed to be the favorite. Okay. So it's a redemption from that. It's a redemption from the Demons. And up until Sunday, he was 0-4 when leading a major after 54 holes. So there's a lot to root for with this guy. He's not what you'd call a colorful character. He's very dull. But he wins. He's won a tournament 14 straight years in the PGA, which in golf is it's a lot better than it sounds. Oh, you won once every every year for 14 years in golf. That's a big deal. So it's great that he won. Um, he won the Masters by five strokes, which ties him with Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth for the biggest lead. He was 20 under par, which is a record. I mean, it was a great day. It's a great day that we should be celebrating Dustin Johnson, but yet at least half of the people want to talk about Paulina Gretzky. And and then, yes, Paulina Gretzky and Tiger Woods. Oh, who? Right, exactly. Tiger Woods. Look, Tiger Woods. How did he, how did old Tiger do? Uh, he finished, you know, in the, in the, I didn't he made have the 13 cut. hours to put in to watch. Well, the yeah, he round. made the cut, but I, he finished, you know, well out of the money. Um, Look, he's arguably either the greatest or the second greatest golfer of all time, and, and that's not what we're here to discuss. Fair the problem with Woods is he was one time great for the sport. He brought a lot of people, a lot of casual fans under the tent. Ratings went up. Prize purses went up, and everybody benefited. He wrote, All the boats were lifted by the Tiger Woods tide. The problem now is people are still talking about Tiger Woods. And I don't mean about what's happened to him in his personal life since 2008, 9, 10, that time period. It's just every time Tiger's in a tournament, all the attention seems to go to Tiger. And I, I don't blame Tiger for this. I blame this need to cling to the, the, the hollow carcass that was once the great Tiger Woods for some sort of nostalgia. Instead of talking about the young up-and-coming golfers – and the ones that have a chance to win tournaments year after year, even whether you like them or not, they're still the names to remember in golf. We talk about Tiger. And, and almost as many people that I was listening to and following on social media, it was almost 50-50, talking about Dustin Johnson, how he's a, a worthy champion, great story, et cetera. And then Tiger Woods, who shot a 10 on the 12th hole Sunday, a 10, for those that are not familiar with golf. Shooting a 10 is what any of us can do going out with a bag of clubs, pick a hole in your favorite municipal golf course, and you'll probably shoot a 10. And so what do they want to talk about? Some of the people in the Tiger camp thought that shooting, making birdie in five of the next six holes after shooting a 10 on hole 12 was as equal and monumentous an, an achievement as what Dustin Johnson did. And that's an anchor around the neck of golf. Look, we're talking about it now. I'm just as guilty. I've probably spent, if you're keeping track of the time at home, kiddos, I probably spent as much time or not more time talking about Tiger than I did Dustin Johnson. And we, we, I mean, look, I'm not the biggest golf fan. I follow the sport for professional purposes. But it's just all Tiger. And, you know, at the Masters, they have this ceremonial first shot where they wheel out players like Jack Nicholas. And they used to, and Arnold Palmer before he died, and Gary Player, and some of the greats from 50 years ago. And they politely take a tee shot. That opens up the Masters. There's applause when they actually have people 
can go and watch. And then that's it. No one talks about them. And that's how it should be. You remember them fondly. They were the greats of the game. You get to see him trot out, hit a shot, go away. Tiger Woods is not at that point yet. He still has some golf in him, but I, I want to hear less about him. I don't want to hear how this is – what are his chances of winning. It's over for him. Well, that's not over. It's almost over. It's he's on his career as a active force on the PGA is on life support, and that's fine. I think he's done enough. He's accomplished a hell of a lot. Again, either he's the best golfer ever or the second best golfer ever. Either one of those things is pretty, pretty good. I just think we need to move on from him, unless he's actually in contention. Like last year, him him winning the Masters last year was the worst thing to happen to golf because we kept on talking about him. Do you think um, this happens in any other sport as far as, like, hanging on to – you know, either a former champion or a former personality or something that would be uh, continually in a repeat, um, you know, as, as far as other, you know, big events in sports. I'll ask you yeah. maybe just quickly in, in the NFL, do you find like every Super Bowl, they, they is it always all about Belichick and Brady? Is that obviously because they're usually always in the game? Will they... Will that always be compared? Do you remember when, uh, you know, Aikman and, and the guys, Johnson and the Cowboys were winning? It was they, Everybody was compared to them. I mean, do you think this is just right now just a major thing? Because, I mean, I mean, golf obviously is just, I mean, there's a rotation of players every year, obviously. And, right. You know, as boring as it may be to watch and, you know, it's not for everybody to play and, and there are diehards or whatever. But if you do play the game and you play it well and you become a champion – there is an art form to it. You right. know, there's, there's definitely, I, I would never knock in terms of, um, you know, people playing the game. Um, I refer to uh, great skits by Robin Williams and, uh, um, oh, my God, another great comedian. I can't remember his name. Passed away as well, too. Um, George. George. Carlin. Thank you. Um, and there are bits that they've put on those that the game, I get it, and I agree with that because I'm not a – uh, uh, but anyway, my, my quick question was, and, and you're not the only one um, to bring this up. Um, in fact, if anybody has any time, I, I don't want to play it because I don't know for, because it's another network, an established network, I don't want to play it. But um, there's a Twitter account uh, called Funhouse, and the, no. the, the tag yeah, is back after, A-F-T-A-T-H-I-S, back after this. And basically, it's a, a Twitter account that will show clips from from talk shows, primarily sports you know, programs and primarily of, Francesa. He loves poking the Francesa bear. Yes, it's a great follow. Actually, Don LaGreca from uh, ESPN here, ten fifty in New York. He went off on this specific thing about Tiger, and mm. Don does these. They're called epic rants, and he goes crazy and he grabs his mic. You know, whether it's right. you know, par fetch, but um, so I, I would recommend anybody go check that out, search that out because it's a lot of fun. I'm not going to play it here just in case. I, I don't I don't want right. to show pull down in any way, but um. But, yeah, I mean, um, I get it. I, I know what you're saying, um, and you're not the only one. I'm not that invested in it. You know, even watching, you know, Don was coming off with the point, too. He's like, you know, we got to move on. And I think there's a, a, a an important point about that, that you want more new players. You want parity and everything else. My only defense to Tiger is, and we've joked about this with Carton coming back, um, the White Sox hiring La Russa. If nobody steps up to take the job, you know, Cora getting the job back, if nobody else is stepping up uh, in the NHL, the same coaches are taking each other. If there's not enough 
if there's nobody else that's taken on that um that opportunity to to get to that next level to push these other guys either aside or take their place i mean what are you going to do if they're but still the best they're still the best they're still there's that's the problem. He's not still the best, and there's plenty of other he won golfers. The last year, yes. So if you're talking about the Masters, he's the most. He's the former champion, so he was the best. I mean, yes, that is true. It's just uh, see. And you know, you you asked me an interesting question about other sports. If I mean, he lost I can't. Last year, he wouldn't have been there this year, but he won last year. Oh, he year. would have been there. Yeah, so he, he's, yeah, but I'm saying, he'll... but but he was putting the jacket on Johnson, right? Because he's right, the reigning former. Right. I'm going to get to that in a minute, by the way, that whole jacket thing. But you, you asked about other players like in the NFL. I think the closest thing I can think of is when the, the Broncos won the 2015 Super Bowl over the, the Panthers and uh, Manning, Peyton Manning was just sort of there guiding the ship. But he had zero to do with the win. And although Von Miller was named MVP of that Super Bowl did linebacker. He help, did he help get them the, there? But not – particularly, but people were still clinging to the notion of we like seeing Peyton Manning under center. I think the Colts had a hard time. They made the hard decision saying goodbye to him when he had all his neck problems, then went out and drafted Andrew Luck. But I think we see in sports in general, fans and teams are reluctant to say goodbye to people who have done so much for them, almost to the detriment of moving forward. And I think more to the point, we get all excited. I'm just as guilty of it at when players come back out of retirement. There's something there's got to feel good. Nostalgia is a very warm blanket. And like I know 10, 11 years ago when Brett Favre came out of retirement, I'm not a Packers fan, but I'm a big fan of his game. And when he came out of retirement, say what you will about his decision to retire and how he did the Packers dirty and so on and so forth, it was it was exciting, even if it means that the teams that he played for, the Jets and the Vikings, their development would be somewhat stunted. So we are all guilty of that in whatever sport we like. I mean, look, I remember when Mario Lemieux came out of retirement. Well, he retired because of medical reasons, but he came out. Didn't he play while he was still the owner of the Penguins? Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that was great. I mean, he wasn't the Mario Lemieux we remember, but he was still pretty damn good. He's trying to help it his was- franchise out. Yeah, it was great. I mean, how many other owners say, okay, okay, we're, we're having a hard time. I'm going to come out of the my the president's or so the owner's suite, lace them up, and skate again for my own team. There's a thin line between um, guys who want to come back because they missed the game, and that's one aspect of it. And you might take uh, Mario's uh, time there, too. I'm like, a lot of guys, it's, it's a money situation. You know, personally, a guy like, who knows? We don't know far, you know, Brett Farr's situation. Did he need money? It's almost like, you know, rock stars, you know, that you don't hear from a while. Oh, reunion tour. Right. You know, and you find out a guy like Billy Joel or Elton John, they lost millions. You know what I'm saying? So they come back and they, you know, you know, what's the difference between an entertainer and, say, a, a former guy, you know, playing sports or whatever? Obviously, in terms of the physical Nothing. stuff and, and the aspects of it. But, um, yeah, I think to each individual, um, each sports fan to each sport and whatever that guy is to them, like if it's a guy like you loathe, right? So if you're a, you're a Rangers fan like me or, you know, and, uh, you know, Marilyn Lemieux comes back and he plays and stuff, and then he ends up, you know, knocking your team out of the playoffs. Yeah, that hurts. But I say more power to them. If you see yeah. a guy come back and it's a little too much, you know, maybe like Gila Floor, and when he came out of retirement for the Rangers, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. 
you know, and then some guys know when to respectfully hang it up and walk away. A guy like Wayne Gretzky, right. you know, Mark Messier, all the stuff you can go on and on and on about. There's, there's, I guess there's more guys that actually uh, simply walk away from the game, and most of them have. Like, you, you, you take a guy like Cam Neely. He, he, his career was ruined. <laughs> Injuries, so it's different. Yep. I, I digress. I, I mean, you, you, you know, continue on. I'm just saying there's so many ways, different ways to look at this. And no, it's 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 true. Who are I just with Tiger, I think, are just they're tired of seeing this guy winning. I guess maybe. Well, I just think well, he hasn't been a, a consistent winner in years. I think people are just tired of the Tiger talk dominating everything when there's so much more about the game and people who really love it. golf. I get it. And watch the tournaments that no one's ever heard of. I'm sure the Tiger talk is almost non-existent. But when we get to the big tournaments, the majors, it's always Tiger, 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 Tiger. Oh yeah, and Dustin Johnson. And Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm and Xander Shoffley and all these players that and Rory McIlroy that that their time is now. And 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 Tiger Woods' time is he's a little bit he's got his foot a little bit in this time, but most of his career Look, is before. The new guys and the other guys just got to keep winning, man. If you yeah. keep winning, and they then, are, then that's it. Yeah. So it's just going to take a little more time. Look, golf is. It's maybe not the best sport on this to, to go through because a lot of guys can play golf for, right. you know, a long, long time. You know, there's yep. old men all over this country, <laughs> old white men all over this country that are playing golf six, Look, seven uh, days a week away from their families. 163-year-old <laughs> Bernard Longer <laughs> actually finished in the, in the top 30. At the Masters, so you know you can play for a long time. And 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 speaking of which, he finished higher than Bryson DeChambeau. Finished the tournament two under, tied for thirty fourth. I don't want to spend too much time on Happy Gilmore. I just it, coming into the Masters, the talk was this guy is going to you know do for golf what Steph Curry did for basketball and change the way people played and change the face of the game and blah blah blah. And yes, he can hit the ball a country mile, but. Here's the difference. Here's the thing about golf that I really like, and that is, except for the Masters, you play every tournament on a different course with different dimensions and different traps and pitfalls and so on. So you really can't tailor your game to one thing like I can smash the ball a million yards and I'll win every time. I mean, you know, we have a little bit of that in baseball with the the dimensions of the outfield, but it's still basically – the same sort of feel, but with golf, it's can be radically different from one course to another. And I think what Bryson DeChambeau is forgetting, and you know, he's fun to watch. He's fun for the game because people will tune in and watch to see how far he can hit the ball. But not every golf course lends itself to long driving. Some of the holes require a more delicate approach, a more grinded out sort of approach. Look, if we're talking about baseball, sometimes you have to be Randy Johnson. Sometimes you got to be Greg Maddox. Sometimes you're throwing the ball 100 miles an hour past people's faces. Other times you're throwing it about five miles an hour, but it just gets the outside corner of the plate. Greg Maddox never would be mistaken for a power pitcher, Mm -hmm. but his location was so spot on. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame with 350 wins. But again, is he better than Randy Johnson, who didn't have that pinpoint accuracy, just blew the ball by you? Who knows? The point is you got to have, if you're DeChambeau, you got the long drive. Now you got to figure out how to be delicate when it counts because golf is a game of, yes, long drives, but also sometimes you got to be delicate. The soft touch, the light touch, the short game is pretty important. You're not going to hit the green 
on your first shot every time you go out there. That really would change golf and make it, quite frankly, less entertaining. But that's for a, another show. So we'll golf see. Honchos. The golf, golf honchos. honchos. Let me ask you, before we leave the Masters, i got a question for you. Just a what-if sort, what sort of philosophical question. So the, second, the, the best championship ceremony in sports, of course, the Stanley Cup, when the Stanley Cup is awarded, I don't care who, what team you like, whatever. It's just watching that ceremony and skating around the ice with the cup. It's just, it's a wonderful thing. The handshake line, the whole thing. The second best ceremony is to me, the masters when the previous champion puts the jacket on the new champion, which is kind of cool. So let me ask you, what would see, you folks, think? Rob can see my facial expression. Right. That's what I can't. No, I'm, not, I'm not liking the facial expression. Number what do you two? think? Wait, Yes. All right, I'm, okay. I'm waiting. I'm well, okay. waiting. What would you think if in, in hockey, if so if the captain of the previous year's Stanley Cup winning team handed the – instead of dopey Gary Bettman handing the trophy to the captain of the current winning team, yeah, what if the previous year's captain hands it off to the current captain of the Stanley Cup winning team? What do you think? Obviously, it'll never happen, but what do you think? I think it'd be kind of cool. No. No? What, what, if he's on, How dare um, you? what if he's on the Buffalo Sabres? Uh, first of all, the Sabres are never going to win the Cup, so I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry to my Buffalo <laughs> friends. Sorry. sorry, Andrew. Sorry, Roach. He didn't mean it. We love you. Well, I guess the whole the thing is, is what if what if the former captain, right, is the team that they just lost, right? What if it's a Cowboy? Is he supposed to he's he's going to be demoralized from losing, right? Seven game, three overtimes. Oh, by the way, we need you to come out <laughs> since you've lost, put in a whole full season, played all these series. I need you with a smile okay. for the camera <laughs> to hand the Stanley Cup. But how bad guy. could it Are be? You out of your mind? How, how bad could it be? They've already he's he's the reigning champion. Oh as, as Patrick Wong once said, he can't hear the boos and the crying because he's got two rings in his ears. Look in the in the Masters, the, the guy that puts the green jacket on could very well have lost in a playoff to the current champion. Now he's got a smile and through, you know, gritted teeth, put on the jacket and the loser, all he can think of is I hope this jacket doesn't fit. Buddy. You bastard. Jamie Ben from the Dallas Stars is still in the locker room, devastated, up in Edmonton right now. It's been over for a couple of months. He's still up there. He's so dev. Do you remember his post-game conference? No. Please enlighten me. Oh, they were devastated. How could you? Because that, that's, that's, I mean, obviously. All right, so say, say, it was the, say it was the Flyers won the year before or whatever, and the Flyers don't make the playoffs, right? And say Claude Giroux is is the captain, right, or whatever. Hey, Claude, I know you're uh, down in the Fiji Islands, uh, you know, having a good time, but we need you to fly back so you can hand the Stanley Cup to the new guy. Are you kidding me, Rob? All right, look, as I said, it was just a question. All right, good night, everybody. (laughs) Paul will take us from here. And the the Masters is the second best celebration after a win? When it comes to tradition and, and the pomp and circumstance and right. the trophy, it looks like the you know the Look, the, the we, clubhouse. We haven't, we haven't talked any soccer yet on this show, and, and we will improve. Is that still that. a sport? They yes. still play that in okay. in the right areas in Europe, okay, South America, um, not in this country. It's 
And, uh, yes. Secretly, Paul wishes he was running up and down the pitch, as it were, in the but beautiful I don't, game. You know, you, what you <laughs> need to do, my friend, is Google search, uh, like, you know, Premier League Championship Celebration and, uh, you know, Champions League Celebration. All right. Those are pretty incredible. They come close to the Stanley Cup. Now, they don't necessarily, you know, they do. They will run around the arena with it. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's some amazing um, – it's an amazing spectacle. And then they also – they walk up into the stands, and there's government, team officials, league officials, and they get medals on top wow. of winning a big trophy. Hey, a uh, question for you. So when they're running I, around the field, on, do they uh, flop? Just, what? <laughs> do they flop when they're running around the field with their trophy? All right, that's, that was a cheap that's shot. World Cup soccer is a totally <laughs> different thing. The World, World Cup soccer, they play not to lose. They could sit there and – Knock the ball back and forth at the midway line. World Cup soccer to me is the most boring soccer in the world. But um, any of the European leagues are just amazing. Uh, the European Championship is amazing, and obviously the Championship League is amazing, and the Premier League is amazing too. I'm a big Manchester United fan, and for a long time there in the 90s and early 2000s, we had lots of celebrations. We haven't had one in a while. But do yourself a favor, man. Check that out, you know, because uh, I think that's probably number two to the Stanley Cup in terms of, like, just an amazing um, – those tournaments are amazing. Uh, to win the Premier League is, is, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's not, depending. It's usually a lot of the top same five, six clubs play. But then, you know, you get a team like Lisa the City who gets in there and win it. But anyway, I digress. But it's much better than some dude handing yeah. a jacket to another dude. You know, all right. Better, we're all, we're better, disappointed. better athlete running into the stands moment. The uh, the the soccer champions that you were talking about, or Mike Milbury hitting a fan with his own shoe <laughs> at my, my my old Madison <laughs> Square Garden. <laughs> yes, those were the good old days. That's that's the greatest hockey moment fight anyway I've ever seen. Where it goes and takes the fan's shoe and beats him with it. Who doesn't love Mike Milbury? Well, I, to me though, I <laughs> you got to Google that, kids. Yeah, well, you got to watch the old uh, yeah. Avalanche and Detroit Red Wing brawls. Oh, those they were epic, were amazing, my friends. So, they hated each other. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of hockey, let's talk about baseball. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> good news, bad news, all kind of good stuff. Uh, why don't you uh, take the lead here with the good news? Uh, you know, real well, quick, the, the Mets obviously here in New Yorker, they get they get yeah, good days and a lot of bad days. So I actually anyway, wanted to away, start Mastro. with that. Uh, Robinson, this actually came down a couple hours ago. Robinson Cano, the Mets, Robinson Cano has been banned for a year Not due enough. to testing positive for performance enhancing drugs. The uh, Stanazol or Stanazolol will be suspended the entire 2021 season, and at 38 years old. I mean, this could be the end. Look, uh, we don't have to get into the fact that he got busted. This is the second time he's a dope. He clearly is. Not the dope of the week, but he's a dope. But I think what's interesting here, the first thing that I thought of, besides that all of my Met fan friends will be thrilled by this, um, and I'm talking to you, Sakura. if baseball has to go to another truncated season, because remember, the suspension is not a, a time suspension. It's not a year from today until November 18th, 2021. It's 162 games. And, and that's a distinction I make because if baseball goes to a truncated season and they play less games again because of you know the COVID nuttiness, that's multiple seasons he's going to miss now. And again, at 38 years young, 
there's not a lot of tread left on those tires. The good news is he's forfeiting his $24 million salary. Now, look, if you're making $24 million bucks a year, it doesn't matter how crappy you play. What do you need to do PEDs for? Just collect your $24 million bucks, keep stealing money from the Mets. They're used to people stealing money from them, and go away quietly. Now you're just going to go away again, potentially for the rest of your career, if for some reason baseball gets delayed. And if they're not, is he coming back at 40 years old in the 2022 season? Me thinks not. So good luck to you, Robinson Cano. Uh, another Brody Van Wagenen special, that guy. Give me a little Shea Stadium vibes, the old days. <laughs> he's, he's, again, folks, if you could see. If you're watching on closed circuit television, you could see Mr. Cuthbert dancing away to we'll the, the music best, baby. playing in the background. All right, should we should we talk about That's something? That's really crushing that ball, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard for me to concentrate now. Looking at him, the smile, little childlike smile on his face, bopping back and forth to the, the music. Cohen's in charge hey. now, buddy. You're gonna hear this song again. Who's playing the most Big music? Ending, hold on. Good luck, Mets fans. Fantastic. Awesome. Look at that, right up to the post. All right, so can we can we talk about some general manager changes in baseball? Yes. Can we move on from the Robinson Cano circus? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the Miami Marlins have hired Kim Ng as Major League Baseball's well first done. female general manager. Bravo. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. The the most exciting thing, the best part about this particular hire is the fact that she's the most qualified. This is someone who has certainly earned the right to be a general manager. I, I would say what took her so long, but we know what took her so long, and nothing to do with her performance or aptitude for the job. Is it great that she's first woman, highest-ranking uh, Asian-American official in Major League Baseball? All that is great. But what makes me and I'll just let me just read off some of her bona fides in addition to in addition in in addition to being I guess the last several years she was uh vice president of baseball operations for major league baseball she was assistant director of baseball operations for the white Sox for seven years assistant general manager for four years with your new york yankees 10 years with the dodgers as their assistant general manager She's got, by the way, three World Series rings, which is kind of nice. But again, the best part about it is her qualifications. So it's not just a move where you look at it and go, all right, Miami's trying to make a statement with, you know, hiring a woman as a general manager, yada, yada, yada. This is someone, if there were no names attached, if it was just candidate A, B, and C, and one of them had Ng's qualifications, you'd hire her in a second. And I think that is that says more about the hire than I mean the social ramifications are great. It's a wonderful moment for women, for Asian Americans, et cetera. But those kinds of moves that are easily seen as pandering or patronizing, they're seen through quickly and then all the all the accolades and all the attention goes from positive to negative. Here, that's almost an afterthought. Oh, she's a woman? Oh, that's very nice. But look at those qualifications. I mean, she has overseen two of a, two of the crown jewels in Major League Baseball, the Yankees and the Dodgers. And she's, I think her first job I read this was she was a, an intern uh, holding the, the jugs gun, you know, the gun to measure the speed of pitches, I think, for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. 
I might have the team wrong, but I know that was her first gig as an intern 30 years ago. So, you know, it's great. It's great. It's just a feel-good story all around. There's really nothing about it that you can say with a cynical or skeptical eye, hmm. And that's so refreshing. It's refreshing to see a move like this that comes with no asterisk, no, again, uh, Dwayne Johnson-like arched eyebrow of skepticism saying, well, uh, they hired her but only because she's a woman. No one can say that. I mean, yes, there'll be some knuckle-draggers that will say it. But those of us that have half a brain will say they hired her because the woman knows what she's doing. And it's right place, right time. Obviously, she has a, a long relationship with Derek Jeter. So, you know, that's part of it. It doesn't matter, man. She, Like I said, she's got the qualifications. Uh, dear Lord, um, the world needs more smart women, uh, especially in this country, um, in, in higher positions. Amen. So, um, you know, I, I wish her the best of luck. I mean... Look, if you're the the Marlins franchise who's had this really weird legacy of just dismalness, but then World Series champions, it's it's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, just the history of the Marlins is just unbelievable. But I wish you all the best. I think it's great. I, I think uh, all the other major league teams in, in the league should be jealous. I mean, it's just great. And I think uh, down the road she will – She'll be a winner again on on her own in terms of running a team. So I wish her the best of luck. I think it's great, and yeah. um, kudos to the Marlins ownership and everything for giving her the giving her the spot. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you've got uh, this was I guess unless you live in Chicago, completely out of the blue, um, Theo Epstein, the the guy who who built not only a World Series winner in Chicago and he broke that streak. He won in the, he won in Boston, ended their epic losing streak of he World Series. He's, he stepped down. The curse breaker has yes. stepped down as the president uh, of baseball operations for the Cubs. And I know, I believe he said he was looking at this year, possibly next year, as it, and then he was going to take a break. But it's just, it's so, it's just, there's something about it that's just odd. Um, well, and yes, I realize he he builds teams and then he leaves teams. What what's the next team that has? I guess the White Sox, but I don't think they're looking yeah, for a general manager. They, they've won a world championship. Which which is there any franchises left in baseball that have not won a championship? All right, they won in two thousand five. Um, uh, you're on the sports hmm. hot shows. I know. I, I'm, what the I'm, hell? I'm, I'm, I had a hey man. I had spent a long week talking about Larusa the last two weeks, and you don't remember the White Sox winning a World Series? Does anybody remember the White Sox winning the World Series? Come on. <laughs> it's, it's the White Sox. I don't know. What what team on the schneid? Cleveland? They haven't won a World Series well, forever. You know where the rumors are where he's going, right? Philly and New York, but he's taken the year off. The Mets, not the Yankees. He wants to take the year off, but I I, I actually I'll tell you, if you're the Phillies or the or the Mets you take you you put some mouth He's breather in that flushing, position. Baby. Oh, in the music? That'd be great. It'd be great if you're a Mets He's fan. I, I say again, you wait, you tell some guy you're general manager for a year. And when Theo Epstein is tan, rested and ready like Hold Richard Nixon, we're gonna we'll bring you're fired, he's coming in. Hold on a second. I got something I'm and I'm a Yankees fan. Okay. There is nothing more that Cohen and Theo Epstein wouldn't love to do. A lot of Jew power. Would win a World <laughs> Series here in Flushing with the Mets before or at least around the Yankees. I think Theo's going to come here and mm. um, 
that would be amazing. To, to get the Mets a championship here, look, for all the knocks, and, and I, I knock, I've said that the Mets are cursed, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I have a feeling you're going to hear of a press conference in less than a year, and I well, think he's going to be joining your... If, the Mets. If, if you're Steve Cohen, look, there's a great scene in the movie The Founder with Michael Keaton, where Michael Keaton wants to buy the McDonald brothers out of... McDonald's and he hands one of the McDonald brothers a check and he looks at it and he goes it's blank and Keaton says yeah you just fill in the amount how much the amount that you want to for me to buy you out you name it it's yours Steve Cohen ought to go to Theo Epstein and say here's a blank check I don't care how many zeros whatever it takes but I'm telling you if he wants to take a year off the Mets should just put someone in that position and say you're a placeholder pal until Theo Epstein is ready to come off the beach and say, again, he's, let me build my third winner. basically had a year off. I guess so. He's but now, basic. Don't, don't give me that malarkey. Like he needs not, it's his malarkey, not my off. malarkey. Okay? <laughs> I'm he, he, telling you, he's coming to Flushing, New York. Well, that would be great. And he I is, would... he's going to get a check, and they are going to do Everything they can. He would not only love to do it, uh, you know, to be in back in this area, you know, uh, you know, just torturing the Red Sox. And there's no doubt, like I said, don't put it past him. Cohen and Epstein, they would love to torture the Yankees here. Because the Yankees, lots of talent, getting close, and they can't close the deal, man. So they're they're struggling. It's 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 tough to watch. I certainly and, hope he doesn't go to the Phillies. Ugh. I think we can both agree on that. Well, see, I like Girardi. So, obviously, of course, Yankees, of course you I do. I think he's a good guy. But whatever. But I don't, I don't think he's going to Philly. The, the, the New York media, the whole thing, the Yankees, the Mets. It's a brand-new park here. I mean, obviously, the Phillies have a, a brand-new park here, too. But he would love nothing more. And forget about no. it. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't come to the Mets. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I the, what I like about Theo Epstein, besides – everything he's accomplished is uh, he had, a, did an interview with uh, Hannah Kaiser of Yahoo sports. And he said, he sort of summed up a lot of the things we've talked about on this show in terms of the state of the game. And it's a long quote, so bear with me for a minute, but he said it is the greatest game in the world, but there are some threats to it because of the way the game is evolving. And I take some responsibility for that because the executives like me who have spent a lot of time using analytics and other measures to try and optimize individual and team performance have unwittingly had, you know, that's part of the quote, a negative impact on the aesthetic value of the game and the entertainment value of the game. I mean, clearly, you know, the strikeout rate is a little bit out of control and we need to find a way to get more action in the game, get the ball and play more often, allow players to show their athleticism more and give the fans more of what they want, to which I say, bravo, Theo. There's a guy who's not a sh- not shy about the modern game of baseball and analytics, but admits, you know, it can't all be math. Like I said, you know, a, a couple yep. shows earlier, and I think that's great. That's why he is at the top of his field because he acknowledges it's not just about the analytics that people do pay to watch baseball, not just strikeouts and home runs. And there's a place for both. And I'm glad he admitted that. And I think wherever he goes next, New York, Philly, who knows, that team instantly is in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, if there were two, 
also he's gonna he's gonna put the right personality managing the team as well too. Yeah. Because that's Absolutely. And, and that's a guy that's not only analytical but also can can coach the game. You know, and that's gonna be a big part of it. I can't remember the, the, the two coaches of the, the, the head the managers of the teams that he's won championships in Chicago and and uh Boston. Oh, it was Joe Madden right in now. Chicago. Okay. What? I think it was wasn't it? It was Madden in Chicago and Francona. Yeah, Madden's a great, yeah. I mean, great manager, man. I mean, look what he did in Florida yeah. too. I mean, it's it's so. I mean, but he's that kind of old school kind of guy, and, and you mix in. So, look, right. I'm a Yankee fan. I would love to see Theo come here. I'm look. I'm. I will. Uh, as far as New York sports are concerned, can't go into the football area. But as no. far as hockey and basketball, is a bad scene over here too. But. You know, as far as hockey and and baseball, you you want that cross. I brought this up here. You want that crosstown rivalry. You want the, the other team will make the other team better, smarter moves, better coaching, all that stuff, and then all the fans win. So, we shall yeah. see what happens, my friend. But it will be It'll, interesting. It will be interesting. And whatever whatever happens, I guess he's going to bring Jed Hoyer with him because Hoyer seems to follow him wherever he goes. Jed Hoyer, now the president of Baseball Operations Chicago. Wherever Epstein goes next, look for an announcement that Jed Hoyer will be vice president, general manager of whatever that Pack team is. Suitcase, buddy. Yeah, Pack Jed suitcase. Hoyer, rent, don't own. Because you're going wherever Theo's going. Good stuff. All right, pal. Well, let's move into the NHL here. I know we we're going to talk a little bit real quickly about these retro reverse, reverse <laughs> retro jerseys. But... Um, Elliot Friedman uh, just came over the wire here. The the NHL obviously is in negotiations mm-hmm. as far as restarts going on, and uh, it might be getting difficult. I mean, there's been some unfortunate talks about the uh, – for the first time you've heard that the season might be canceled. And, really? Uh, I'm just going to read this real quick here. Um, this just came over about at 8.19, so about 20, 30 minutes ago. During a lengthy NHLPA conference call on Wednesday afternoon, the players were notified that the league made two requests for amendments to the latest CBA. So don't forget, they they recently, you know, all agreed on a CBA going into the Stanley Cup tournament. So now the NHL is requesting uh, amendments. The first, as reported Tuesday night, was to ask for an additional deferment on 2021 salaries. Players have already agreed to a 10% cut there. The second was to consider raising the escrow caps in the final three seasons of the newly negotiated deal. Escrow is capped at 20% for the next season, with that number dropping to 6% in years 4, 5, and 6 of the CBA. And Elliot goes on to say, I'm not certain of the exact wording, but multiple sources indicated a request to consider in the 8 or 9% range. Blah, blah, blah. The, uh, the idea was not received with great enthusiasm to put it mildly. Several players indicated via text that this is a non-starter and they don't want to consider it. They are under the impression the league is looking for an additional $300 million in savings. It's a sign that five months after the new agreement was completed, the league is concerned about COVID-19-related shortfalls, which we've talked about on this show in terms of how they're going to make money, exceeding what was previously projected. Without fans, that 50-50 revenue split will tilt heavily towards the players' The question is, is when will it be made up and under what mechanism if the current escrow caps are too low? And there's only two little spots here left. I might as well finish this real quick. Uh, Elliot says, I don't believe these developments jeopardize the 2021 season. In parentheses, the players want to get going, and so does the commissioner. But there's no doubt this is 
This is as welcome to the union as acne on prom night. Oh, did he get that from you? Nice one. Um, <laughs> it's thrown a wrench into the works, and players are upset. If there's any hope to starting January 1st, any agreement needs to be done by the end of November. The clock is ticking, and we've wow. got some new hurdles. Again, that is Elliot Friedman from uh, Sportsnet up in the Great White North. So there's your update. And, uh, yes, hockey fans, get a little nervous. Yeah, I guess that's that's pretty – that's – wow. I mean, you're right. If they don't have fans in some respect, in some capacity, that's – it ain't the NBA. They don't have the TV money that the NBA or the NFL has. So that that's pretty ominous. Pretty ominous. So yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> it's, it's, it's serious more than anything right now. So, right. you know, that's how you got to look at it. It's uh, – which is – it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we've been bragging lately about, you know, uh, how how great the job the NHL did and so on and so forth. But, yeah, I mean, this this is all about money, man. You know, in, in these retro reverse jerseys, too. And, uh, you know, I, I think we were talking about this last week because uh, it was, was coming out. Or I've had the conversation on Twitter. And it's like, oh, why, people, why are they doing this or whatever? They've got to generate revenue. There's right. no more gate. This so, is... I'm I'm looking at the 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 photo spread of all the teams retro reverse jerseys, which I, for those that are unaware, it's it's a classic look from the team's past, usually a championship year or some year of note, with new colors, I guess, or or a, a new color scheme. Am I, am I doing that? Am I describing it well enough for you there, Paulie? Yes, yes, yes. That's good okay. Enough. Um. And I have to say, I'm looking at, first of all, let me just clear the decks with this one. All you people out there that are all excited about the Capitals reverse retro jersey. Like me. They, like you, for some bizarre, (laughs) I know, just to troll me, Adidas, who was making these jerseys, picked the worst uniform in the Capitals history that eagle flying into the ground. Nothing says majestic, triumphant, and winning like flying straight down into the ground. The eagle on the red, white, and blue uniform. So they took the colors. At least now we know what this uniform would have looked like with the proper colors. For those who don't remember 20 years ago, this particular uniform, they went away from the red, white, and blue and put this eagle on there, and instead the colors were like a steel blue, bronze, and black. Which I guess if you're colorblind, that might be what red, white, and blue looks like. But <laughs> I, I don't get it. I, it's a terrible uniform. If they were going to go back to that era, at that time we had an alternative, an alternate... Uh, maybe, maybe I should rephrase it. They're, they, I said they're trying, they need to make extra money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The only thing good from that era was the alternate jerseys, the black jerseys that had the Capitol Dome over two oh, hockey those, sticks. Those were horrible, man. Come no, on. you're horrible. <laughs> Sorry. That was uncalled for. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, some of these are great. They did a nice uh, – the, the, the Nordiques, okay, bringing out the old Nordiques jerseys for Colorado. That's, you know, Rumor chef's kiss. Is, is that is the hottest-selling jersey. They've sold out of the uh, Avalanche I mean, slash Nordiques jersey. That was, that, that was a great jersey. They never. I mean, obviously, they they went to Colorado and couldn't stick with the name or the there. logo. But that's that's a great look. The uh, the Blackhawks have a great look. I know you hate the Ducks uniform. I don't like the lettering, but I do like 
the the logo. I think you like the logo. I know it's oh, silly, but thank God we I, didn't put you in charge of marketing here. What, what I think is great is the Vegas ones. They've been around for an hour and a half. They don't have a retro look. There is no classic Vegas. This is a whole new logo. Um, the Canadians they've never changed. It's like a classic Yankees look. It's pinstripes and pinstripes. So the Canadians one looks roughly the same. They brought back the whalers and the little whale icon. It's fantastic. It's gorgeous. Um, it I is. Also, so I also think the Bruins did a phenomenal job on this too. The Bruins did a nice job. The Oilers did a nice job. I I, I know that that. Do you, do you what do you think of the Lady Liberty head on the Rangers sweater? Do you like that one? That's yeah, your I mean, team. All of us in Rangerland is it's split down the middle. Uh, a lot of people are upset that they didn't continue with the red sleeves, uh, the red, white, and blue on the collar. Um, right. So they they left it out. It's it's to me it's uh, you know it looks to a lot of people like a practice jersey and stuff. But uh, I, I love it. I, I think uh, you know it just brings a lot of uh, back a lot of great memories to me. Just to see that crest on a jersey again and the fact right. that they might wear it. They put up a uh, a mock up of uh, uh, Mika Zibanejad uh, wearing the whole kit, and mm-hmm. it looks beautiful. It's 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 kind of plain, but there's right. nothing wrong with that. It reminds me of the. Um, it wasn't uh, too long, I think, in so- Sochi, the uh, the last United States um, U.S. hockey team, the Olympic team, their their dark colors. It was very plain. It was just kind of blue, and it just had the crest on it, uh, right. and, and one or two stripes, which was beautiful. So, look, I you know I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, as far as these jerseys are concerned, you either love them or you hate them. Uh, yeah. It is what it is, and it's it's really for diehards. You know, I, I look at the Calgary Flames, and I go, come on, the horse head. <laughs> For those people in Calgary, supposedly it has a, a big, um, yeah. you know, reason for it. You know, I mean, the saddle don't. It, it, it looks like the Devils, uh, the Devils. It looks like oh, the, yeah, uh, the, the Coyotes, not the Devils. Sorry, it looks coyotes like the, the Devils is great. The Coyotes. I like uh, the Sabres too, man. I mean. No, the, the Kings knocked it out of the park, bringing yes. back the purple and gold. But the Sabres, uh, <laughs> it's not I don't as know. bad as the I, I just, the Flames. I, I just I can't I can't with the Sabers crossed Sabers logo. It's just it's not it's not as bad as when they went to the whole. What do you black think about the Blackhawks in in the marketing of showing they were the one, one they really don't want to show the the crest with the uh, the Indian head on it? You know, I, I think, being a I, Washington Football Club fan yourself, any commentary on that? I think that they have gone out of their way to defend the use of. The Native American imagery. We all know that Blackhawks is not is not filled with the same racial under and overtones as Redskins. But I think what they did is brilliant, and they didn't do it because they're trying to hide the crest. It's not like fans haven't seen that logo before. Well, it's basically but by their, keeping it, their, the ECHL or the AHL team sweater, and they just by keeping it a mystery. It makes people even more anxious to buy it, and that's why they did it. They proudly wear their appropriation of Native American imagery, um, and they make no apologies for it, no matter how much social pressure they get. And again, it's a different kind of pressure because it's not Redskins. It's not the Cleveland Indians with Chief Wahoo. It's much more, it's much more of an honorific than yeah. what the well, wolf look, some, of the, some of the teams well i don't know if it's the team i guess the teams have to approve it i guess but you know i mean the islanders were safe uh red wings were safe there were a couple of teams that just like went the safe way and really didn't really change much up there too the senators um flyers you know 
There's really not yeah. much going on. I love the Sharks combo. Uh, yes, I was going to mention that. I do love good. Sharks. I mean, yeah. Look, it's it's all about the uh, the eye of the beholder. And, right. Um, but, you know, they're going to make some money. They have to make some money. And obviously yep. from the reports now from the NHL meetings today, they, they need probably it. need to do another set of jerseys. Well, they're not getting any of this guy's dollars for that Capitals sweater. No, thank you. Although we did get to the our first Stanley Cup finals wearing those god-awful bronze, steel blue and black sweaters. Yeah. Good old ugly days. Yes. Now I love I love our uniforms now. But, hey, that's for another day. Anyway, so we're finding out tonight that they may not even get a chance to wear them. So – uh, that's just exciting here. Fingers crossed. So go out and buy some jerseys. Keep the NHL alive. All right. So let's uh, find out who who got the number one pick in the NBA tonight there. Who got it there? Uh, Minnesota. The Timberwolves had the number one pick, and they chose uh, Georgia's Anthony Edwards, the number one overall congratulations. pick. And I will, congratulations to the whole uh, Anthony, the whole Edwards Mishpucha. For being the number one pick and, uh, in the draft. On the Twitter here, I'm seeing a couple of people that are uh, watching. Um, there seems to be some parties going on. It's all virtual, mm-hmm. but they're showing scenes from the house parties. And there seems right. to be a lot of people at the players, and there's not nobody wearing masks. And so there's people showing some concern about of course. The, um, the way these guys are celebrating these picks. But anyway... Well, I, I think this up upbeat tonight, right? Any any yes. more in the NBA you want to talk about here? I mean, uh, look the uh, just there's the trades. There's a lot of trades. This is the, the silly season for I NBA where that, trades yeah. happen. And I, I, but I think what the most Chris Paul being traded to the Suns, of course, is big news. But the real big news is now the Houston Rockets have jettisoned Daryl Morey, the general manager, and Mike D'Antoni, the coach, in favor of Stephen Silas as coach. Raphael Stone as general manager, their two biggest stars who Lord knows how those two can coexist in the same court, um, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, both are like, we're out, Jerry. They both want to hit the eject button. Westbrook wants to be traded. James Harden is willing to forego a hundred million bucks. Political reasons. Uh, maybe. But he's willing to say bye-bye to $103 million over two years to stay with the Rockets. To be traded well, now, as they, of as of I, nine I, o'clock, he still hasn't been traded. Neither one of them have been traded. I just that's I, that's a sinking ship. Harden wants to go to oh, Brooklyn. Man. Definitely. Can you imagine a team with with Kyrie Irving and James Harden? If you're Kevin Durant, you're like you're calling the Lakeup brothers in Golden State and saying, eh, "Listen, I'm sorry I left. Can I come back?" Because this is a, this is a dumpster fire waiting to happen if Harden and Irving are on the same court, um, but it's just it's it's there's a lot of there's a rumor that Wall is or Westbrook is going to be traded here for John Wall, which I guess would make a lot of Wizards fans happy. What's the name of the given DC the choice basketball team again? What, what's the the Wizards. Oh yeah, oh, isn't that still, great? You guys are still in business, huh? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I, I don't know how. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, they're it's losing just, a lot over there. There in, uh, in yeah, the basketball is not really. Uh, I mean, as a, as a sport, the DC area loves it. Some basketball, college and pros in high school. We do have a lot of talent from this area, but our pro team hasn't really been relevant in years. Years. Something they uh, they run in between concerts and hockey games. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, to fill the, right to fill those uh, gaps in the calendar between ice capades, <laughs> hockey, and concerts. Who needs so look, there's a lot. The there's, I got, there's, I got a hundred tickets. There's a lot going on with the draft, with trades, free agency will start, and the season's going to start seemingly any second now. Right after the draft. <laughs> right. I mean, they start. They start playing. I got the schedule here. They start the preseason games on December 11th. So there's very, you know, free agency will start next week, which gives teams precious little time to actually coalesce as a team. Right, and put up their Christmas decorations. <laughs> All for the sake of shoehorning 72 games in to get the Christmas date. And I know it's about money to get the Christmas date. And then they're going to literally end. Their playoffs will end on July 22nd, which I believe puts we'll, them we'll – oh, here we vacation. go. We'll be on the the playoffs now. run through July 22nd, and the Summer Olympics, if there is a Summer Olympics, start July 23rd. So well, they're they, really – they have left themselves zero wiggle room for any corona-related uh, pitfalls, yeah, any corona-related snafus. Um, the NBA is going with this second half and first half, two seasons, like the split seasons baseball had in 81. They're going to have March, December 22nd to March 4th is the first half, then a six-day all-star break, then March 11th to the 16th, the second half begins, uh, 16th of May. Then they got this play-in tournament to get more teams involved. The 7 and 8, 9 and 10 teams will have a mini tournament to see who goes to the main playoffs and, again, this is very shrewd on the NBA's part to get more revenue in because they're going to have less fans in attendance. But it's a lot. They're, they're juggling a lot to get this to get the Christmas and 72 games in a condensed time period with no wiggle room. And they're going to run headfirst into a lot of load management issues because, again, the teams that players that fans want to see have played late into this year. And, you know, you're Kiwi, you're you're. Kawhi Leonard's, I try to, I almost mixed Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving. You're Kawhi Leonard's, you're LeBron James, players of that ilk. They're going to take days off, especially Leonard, who's notorious for it. Um, so I, 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 right now, they're whistling past the graveyard, the NBA, that this rather ambitious schedule, which again ends the day before the Olympics start, if we have an Olympics, very ambitious. I hope they get it all in. Rumor has it. Uh, and, Amazon, and without a, and Amazon's without a dropping in the vaccines right around there. Drop them like, like bombs. Drop them the vaccine in, so they can get oh. all that stuff in the Olympics and everything else. Hey, hey Rob, uh, I'm just I'm quite impressed with yes. your uh, your rundown and your know how there on the NBA and their their plan next year. It's incredibly impressive. I have no life. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more thing here about the Golden State Warriors. Oh, more NBA. Go ahead. All right. I'm just saying they're. <laughs> I just I saw this. I'm interested only because. They they wanna they wanna open the season with fifty percent capacity for the Golden State games. They're going to actually spend thirty million bucks to test each and every fan. And and here's the 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 bean counting that the Lakeubs did, the owners of the Warriors. This is a story from ESPN.com by Ramona Shelbourne. The Warriors not play the final seventeen games in their schedule last season, which Lakeup estimated cost them fifty million dollars in revenue. If they were to play this season with no fans, he estimated that would be Lakeup, that they could lose another four hundred million in revenue and two hundred million on the bottom line. So spending thirty million bucks 
on a, uh, I use the word bucks, to spending $30 million on a comprehensive plan to reopen their arena at 50% capacity is well worth it financially. Here's the best part of the story before we move on. Lakeup said that was not the driving force behind the project. Mm-hmm. Quote, I want people to understand this is not the Warriors just trying to make money, he said. <laughs> yes, we're trying to get fans and get revenue, but I'm trying to set a standard. I'm trying to show the world that this can be done safely. It's about the money. Just come out and say, we don't want to lose money, so we'll spend money to make money. Don't give us, as my people would say, this booba mindset that uh, you're doing it to set a standard and to show people that it can be done safely. You're doing it because you need the cash. And I'm okay with that. Just come out and admit it. Please. Please. I'm okay with it. I understand. Please. Trust me. Just admit it. I'll drive down the street to save two cents a gallon on gas. I understand wanting to not lose six. Well, I don't understand it. I can see your point not wanting to lose six hundred million dollars. Because we know what it's all about, folks. You got the songs at the ready. So impressive. That's why he gets the big bucks in this partnership. (laughs) Golden State. And all these. It's a gas. It's about money baby it is about the money as the great dan devito said in the movie tin men everybody needs money that's why they call it money whatever the hell that means well speaking of money how's the ncaa ncaa gonna make money off this bubble tournament they're talking about tv Um, that's it it. yeah they i tell you unless they're playing their all their games at notre dame bring them all in it's it's what the what the NCAA is doing is just brilliant. They're going to have instead of having regionals and tournament games at different sites around the country, they're deciding. Look, where's the cradle of college basketball in America? Indiana. So they're going to have this. The, the plan is, if necessary, to have next year's tournament in Indianapolis and play all the games in and around the city. All sixty-eight teams playing in and around the city of Indianapolis, creating sort of a a pseudo-bubble. Now, this is not the the final plan, not set in stone, but this is the contingency plan in the event that they can't play in these these sites. And I guess no word in this article uh, from NCAA.com whether or not they're going to have fans at these games. I mean, we've already started to see those proclamations. This just in, Indiana is, is 10th ranked in the country. For COVID cases right now. Wow. Sitting at 10th rank, so why not? Put them in there. Look, if they can pull off the bubble that the NBA and the and the NHL did, and it's sort of a pseudo-bubble because you're not all in one place, but you're in the same metro area, I think it's a great idea. And Go that just it. means more basketball. And the NCAA, they can't afford to take another year off. You know what? From, see, what you, see what you just said there? From I, the I tournament. Want to, I want to talk about this real quick. You just okay. said – more basketball, right? Hmm. The thought of the NHL not playing next year, because, and this gets totally selfish and ignorant to what's going on in the world, right? Right. But it's almost like it, it, there has to be a train of thought, and I, I'll admit it myself. It's pathetic. We we if we're going to be in lockdowns, quarantines, limited travel, limited gatherings, limited anything, it's almost like. If we don't have something to watch, especially sports fans, you know, because we, you think back about those first couple of months there when everything was shut down, right? Three months, right? Three to four months before the, you know, the summer tournaments were, were opened up and stuff. 
Right. Everything came back. And unfortunately, the trend, the way things going. But just think, um, I mean, it's, it's, it, this is going to be, I have to, with the money and everything, yes, it's huge. Nobody wants to be in business for not making money, and that goes through all aspects of business, whether you have a hardware shop, a music venue, or a 20,000-seat, or a 80,000-seat like the the Rams, brand-new buildings. The Islanders are building a brand-new building, and you hope that people can go there one day. But there's also, I think, a psyche for, for, you know, for everyone else as far as entertainment because I think everybody's watched everything on Netflix so far, uh, everything on Peacock and HBO Max and... They've downloaded and rented pretty much everything. And, you know, I don't know how many people are looking forward to the new Wonder Woman movie and everything else. But, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm now going back and I'm watching Battlestar Galactic episodes from 2004, 2005 because I never watched the series back then when it was around. And my jaw dropped yesterday. I'm, I'm getting through episode 13 right now, and I just realized there's like 60 more episodes. <laughs> I'm like, Only 60. Oh, All my right. God. How did they do this? 20 episodes per season? Anyway, I digress. But I think that's a, a, a part of this, too. Just the, for me as a hockey fan, just the thought if they don't play, oh, what are we going to do? Yeah. Well, they, I said, the NCAA can't afford another missed tournament. I mean, it's not going to put college basketball out of business, but that's a huge blow. That's so, and that you'll so see the ramifications in college too. programs. But You're right, it's not fair too. to the kids. It's just not getting a chance to play, even locally on local levels. Like, local yeah. football teams can't play and, you know, uh, limited sports here all across the country. And you just feel bad. Yep. For, you know, especially you do, in- but but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You got to make the sacrifice now so that we can have many, 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 many more years of of sports being played uh, in the future. Well, my friend, so. shall we gander over to the gridiron and the National Football League, or as I like to call it, the NML. The I National. Know. Yeah, League yeah, League. yeah. All right, Paul, All right, what do you got? Can you, can you do All a, right. a quick bit on the NFL, yes. buddy? Yes, are you ready? You ready? Yes, watch go. this. Watch this speed. Okay, here we go. Start the timer. All right, the NFC. It's a mess. Tampa wins. Breeze is injured. The Packers squeak by the Jaguars. The NFC, it's up for grabs. It's a mess. Who knows what team is actually the best team in that division, especially with the Saints now turning to Jameis Winston for at least the next two or three games. Good luck at New Orleans. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Buffalo, are, and Buffalo, despite the loss to the Cardinals on the play of the year, the Hail Mary from, yeah, super. from Kyler Murray to D-Hop. Awesome. They're the class of the AFC. I mean, I don't hold the loss to the Cardinals against Buffalo. Buffalo looks great. Obviously, Pittsburgh undefeated. They're great. Kansas City has the best player in the game. I can't wait for the AFC playoffs. Those will be entertaining. Um, I, I don't know. The the Tennessee Titans are on a milk carton after starting 4-0. They're now 5-4. and uh, I don't trust the Ravens in big games. And as much as this is going to hurt my son, you know, I, I think Lamar Jackson is great. Ooh, but man. he Personal can't. Now. He can't. He struggles in games where he no, has to bring the team from no behind. No, it's given here by Mr. Ron no, Cooney. <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, he's a great player, but he's they're struggling, and he's not. I, I just I'm not a believer in them coming from behind. Look, they've lost to the the good teams they played. They've gotten beaten and beaten handily. Uh, the Patriots, they're not going to the playoffs, but is a 500 record out of the question? I don't think so. They're slowly but surely turning it around. Arizona. And as I continue my quick rundown, is breaking away from the pack. They're making me a believer in the NFC. 
Thursday, tomorrow night, they play the Seahawks, a rematch. And I think whoever wins that uh, is going to take the division and make some serious noise in the playoffs. Um, Alex Smith. Today is, by the way, the two-year anniversary, speaking of anniversaries, of Alex Smith getting his leg broken uh, while playing for the Wolfskins. He has gone from making us all fear for our lives when he came in against the Rams and was just beaten, pushed around like a rag doll, to being serviceable, to being a competent NFL quarterback. So now he's not just the comeback player of the year. He's not just having a good season because he came back from a horrific, life-threatening injury. He's having a good season because he's actually playing pretty damn well for a guy who's got really one leg. I mean, the story just it gets better and better. We all love a feel-good story, ladies and gentlemen. It's not and it's thing. It's not just a feel-good story anymore. He is a story, just a good story. A guy who's playing really well, one of the nicest guys in the business, a guy you can root for. He's it's just and as, and as a, a fan of the Wolfskins, I am a little bit fearful that they'll so they'll be so in love with his play this year. They decide to bring him back next year, which would be a disaster. But for this year, he's not just a guy who's a placeholder. I mean, that game against the Rams where he looked like a guy who had one leg, that's so far back in the rear view. I can't even see it anymore. So my hat's off to him. Um, again, comeback player of the year. And who knows? You know, I hope he plays as long as he can, just not for us after this season. <laughs> because, like, I, But I love it, man. See, you, see I love that about you because you're telling it like it is. And for the yeah. franchise, that is definitely the right way to be thinking. We got to move on. And uh, that's it. That's my NFL roundup that's in, it, huh? in a record short period of time. Good stuff, Cause, man. No problem. Because we have more important things to talk about, like the dope of the week. Well. Oh, I'm sorry. That's your job. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, my apologies. It's time for the dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. Woohoo! All right, so you guys know how this works. Every week, the Gags Gang and I spend countless hours in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex trying to come up with the dope of the week. I think we do a pretty good job, but look, if you guys want to get involved in the showgram here for, again, absolutely no pay but our undying respect, tweet us at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos. Use the hashtag D-O-T-W. And who will be carrying around the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame? Well, for the first time ever, I believe, I am awarding the Dope of the Week posthumously. Because this week's Dope of the Week is Ted Huff, former president of the Canadian Sports Network. What? Bear with me. And I'm pretty sure he's no longer with us. Usually I cheer and clap at this time, but I I am perplexed. You're going to like it. It's very timely. So he produced uh, Hockey Night in Canada, which for hockey fans is just the red zone of, of hockey. In 1971, Hockey Night in Canada had fired their host, and they were looking for a young and dynamic replacement. One of the candidates was a young up-and-coming broadcaster with the Canadian Broadcasting Company by the name of Alex Trebek. Wow. Trebek was on the short list of Ralph Mellenby, who produced Hockey Night. He pushed hard for Trebek. He really wanted Trebek. And he was ultimately rejected 
by Ted Huff because, wait for it, wait for it. Why did Ted Huff say no, no, no to Alex Trebek? Hey, Rob, who why had, did Ted Huff say no to Alex Trebek? Because he had a mustache. <laughs> Huff's quote, we don't hire guys with mustaches. So Trebek had to settle for being the long-running host of America's favorite game show, Jeopardy. So, Ted Huff, for being a terrible judge of talent, a terrible judge of facial hair, and for making a mistake that ultimately let the United States prove once again its superiority over Canada. You, (laughs) you, Ted Huff, are the sports honchos dope of the week. Congrats, Ted the certificate okay. will be sent to your survivors because we're not going to go to the cemetery. How bravo, Mr. Cuny. But I, in, in defense of Ted, though, that's we have the same protocol here at the Sports Hunt. <laughs> no mustaches allowed. No mustaches. And in my case, no hair, period. <laughs> but certainly not a mustache. Even, And I thought it was timely with the death of Trebek and the fact that it's Movember. Oh, yes. Good cause. There you go. Wow, Especially for two alter cockers like us. <laughs> Bravo, Mr. Cuny. I, I, you know, I didn't see that coming. You see, folks, just so you know, I, I never, I never get the lead in on who the dope of the week is. It's one of my, it's one of the few things in life that I look forward to to be surprised. You know, it's like, right? You know, what it, are you going to get for Christmas or, you know, like when we were kids? Exactly. Who we're lucky it, enough to get presents. Yeah. It, I don't want. I try not to make it too obvious. Like I said, you know, Robinson Cano was a dope for for taking the steroids at 38 when he was already making 24 million bucks for sitting on the bench. But that's too easy. So that's, that's sports. And a lot of times, just they'll to feel back some money, though, right? Can't they use that money or get not, yeah? Or no, they're gonna, that, contract, that money's right? forfeited. That he's forfeit. That's theirs to spend. There are times when I'm like, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and then other times it just out of the sky. The news fairy comes and drops this on me. So I'm working hard for you folks. So hopefully next week's Dope of the Week is actually alive and we can get the certificate mailed out to him. (laughs) But don't worry, Ted. Wherever you are, we'll get that certificate out to your heirs and survivors. Well, we're lucky enough, Rob, as far as the sports business goes. There's quite a plenty. Is it dope? Yes. There's no shortage of dopes. (laughs) There's always a long list. Yep. Thank God. Oh, man. Good stuff, my brother. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've unfortunately come to the end of another great sports Hatsu shows. Already? Uh, we, yeah. We are talking about expanding this to a six-hour show. We just have yeah. to find the, the right night. I really am kidding about and the, the right third hour. the right in our but... lives to let us do it. Yeah. <laughs> I really am kidding about the third hour, but who knows? Maybe we actually have one. So, uh, Maybe just an additional show during the week. We'll, we'll figure it out. Right. A, we'll a do, premium. Maybe, maybe during your holiday break, we'll we'll get an extra show in or something. Exactly. We'll maybe a, a premium subscriber only show. Where me and you sing <laughs> Christmas songs to each other and holiday songs and and, and right and talk more stuff. about uplifting things like Jonestown and COVID. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that's it. Uh, thanks so much for listening, downloading. Uh, keep subscribing and sharing, and tell a few friends. We really appreciate it. So, from Paulie here in New York. Have a wonderful uh, week, and we'll be back here next week before Thanksgiving. I thought last week, this week was Thanksgiving. That's that's where no, my head was. At. It's next week. And folks, please, if you do subscribe on iTunes, rate us, review us, tell some friends, keep it on in the car while you're driving around. Not with the kids. This is an adult show, after all. 
And uh, we thank you, because without you, there's no us. And as always, peace. Now, now. You're as always. And by the way, I don't believe we used an F word tonight. First one. Ah, fuck it. Oh! <laughs> fucking unbelievable. God damn anyway, it. Rob, as always, say toodaloops to the good people. Toodaloo. Everybody. See you next time on the Sports Hunters. Take care, everybody.